Good morning, I'm Wimala, and today is Friday, the 18th of February. Very cold here, but now we're covered in snow again, and I think it's going to be really icy today under the snow. So it's beautiful and sunny though, so that's more than we can expect this time of year. <laughs> we'll take it. So today, I'd like to read, watching my time so we can sit together, I'd like to read from Buddhadasa Bhikkhu. This is backwards, but this is the book, Heartwood of the Bodhi Tree. Let's see, Jack Cornfield says, and it, this, uh, he, he did write a foreword to this book, and it's really a lovely piece. But in this remarkable book, Ajahn Buddhadasa teaches us beautifully, profoundly, and simply the meaning of sunyata, or voidness, which is a thread that links every great school of Buddhism. So, he lived from 1906 to 1993. So, You can find this book and his other books and other talks he's given uh, in English in PDF format, so they're readable for everyone. And they're on his, uh, it's on Swan Mok, which was the name of his uh, center in Thailand. It's on Swan, swanmok.org, and that's S-U-A-N-M-O. KKH.org. So he's one of the first uh, forest teachers. So we're on chapter three. We read the spiritual director was two, and before that, the fundamental principles. And for, for uh, Buddha Dasa, his what he thinks is the essential, the most essential leaf out of that handful of leaves that are important for us uh, is that sense of, is overcoming that sense of I, me, and mine. So this is three, voidness or sunyata. We must see that the sense of I and mine is the root cause of all forms of dukkha. Dukkha is suffering. Wherever there is clinging, there is the darkness of ignorance, of vijja. There is no clarity because the mind is not void. Sunya is void. It is shaken up, frothing and foaming with the feeling of I and mine. In direct contrast, the mind that is free of clinging to I and mine is void, serene, and full of mindfulness and wisdom. And that's satipanya. If one speaks intelligently and concisely about voidness, although it is somewhat frightening, one speaks like a Zen master. Wang Po, and I'm so sorry if these, I'm mispronouncing words that are uh, in other languages. Wang Po said that sunyata, voidness, is the Dhamma. Sunyata is the Buddha, and Sunyata is the one mind. 
confusion, the absence of sunyata, is not the Dhamma, is not the Buddha, and is not one mind. Okay. It is a new concoction. There are these two diametrically opposed things that arise. Voidness, which is the sunyata, and confusion. It's one or the other, right? Once we have understood them, we will understand the Dhamma easily. We must firmly grasp the fact that there are two kinds of experience. On the one hand, that of I and mine, and on the other, that of mindfulness and wisdom. We also must see that the two are totally antagonistic. Only one can be present at a time. If one enters the mind, the other springs out. If the mind is rife with I and mine, satipanya cannot enter. If there is mindfulness and wisdom, the I and mine disappear. Freedom from I and mine is satipanya. Right now, you who are concentrating on this teaching are void. You are not concocting the feeling of I and mine. You are attending, and you have mindfulness and wisdom. The feeling of I and mine cannot enter. But if on another occasion something impinges and gives rise to the feeling of I and mine, the voidness or satipanya you feel now will disappear. If we are void of egoism, there is no experience of I and mine. We have the mindfulness and wisdom that can extinguish dukkha and is the cure for the spiritual disease. At that moment, the disease cannot be born, and the disease that has already arisen will disappear as if picked up and thrown away. At that moment, the mind will be completely filled with dhamma. This demonstrates that voidness is satipanya, voidness is the Dhamma, voidness is the Buddha, because in that moment of being void of I and mine, there will be present every desirable quality in all of the Buddhist scriptures. Okay, let some of that just soak in. All virtue and voidness. To put it simply, in a moment of voidness, all the virtues are present. There is perfect mindfulness and self-awareness, satisampajana, perfect sense of shame about doing evil, hiti, perfect fear of doing evil, otapa, perfect patience and endurance, kanti, perfect gentleness, saracca, perfect gratitude, katanya katawedi, and perfect honesty, satcha. And in voidness, there is the knowledge and vision according to reality that is the cause for the fruition of the path and the attainment of nibbana. I've come down to basics, saying that there must be mindfulness and self-awareness, shame about doing evil, fear of doing evil, patience, gentleness, gratitude, and honesty, because these are also Dhamma. They too can be a refuge for the world, 
even with Hiti and Otapa alone. And that's the shame about doing evil and the fear of doing evil. Even with Hiti and Otapa alone, the aversion and shame towards doing evil and the fear of doing evil, the world would be tranquil with lasting peace. Nowadays, there seem to be many callous people who have no sense of fear or shame with regard to doing evil. Being that way, they are able to do improper things and insist on doing them continually, even when they see that their actions will create disaster for the whole world, they still persist. And so the world is being destroyed because it lacks even this small virtue. Or we may take an even humbler view, that of gratitude. With just this one virtue, the world could be at peace. We must recognize that every person in the world is the benefactor of everyone else. Never mind people, even cats and dogs are benefactors of humanity. Even sparrows are. If we are aware of our debt of gratitude to these things, we will be unable to act in any way that harms or oppresses them. With the power of this single virtue of gratitude, we can help the world. Uh, that really resonates with dealing with climate change and what we're doing to destroy the world on a minute-by-minute -minute basis. It follows that those things that take the name of virtue, if they are real virtues, have an identical nature. Every one of them has the power to help the world. But if virtues are false, they become obstructive, a disordered mass of contradictions. When there is true virtue, one that is void of I and mine, all of the Dhammas and all of the Buddhas can be found in it. All things are present within that one mind, which is the true mind, the mind in its true state. On the other hand, the mind that is feverishly proliferating with I and mine is without virtue. In those moments, there is no mindfulness or self-awareness. The mind is in a rash, hasty state. There is no forethought and consideration, no restraint. There is ahiti and anotapa, shamelessness, and no fear of doing evil. So those are the opposites of the fear of doing evil and doing evil or the shame of doing evil and the fear of doing evil. Ahiri and anotapa, 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 anotapa. <laughs> Not getting that pronunciation right. That's shamelessness. Uh, that's uh, the no fear of doing evil. Ahiri is shamelessness. One is callous regarding evil actions and one is without gratitude. The mind is so enveloped in darkness that one can do things that destroy the world. There's no use of talking about the clear knowledge and vision of impermanence, unsatisfactoriness, and selflessness. All wholesome qualities are incomprehensible to a mind in such a lowly state. That's important. There's no use talking about the clear knowledge and vision 
of impermanence, unsatisfactoriness, and selflessness. All of these qualities are incomprehensible to that mind in the, in the lowly state. Thus we must be aware of these two kinds of minds, void of I and not void of I. We refer to the former as void and the latter as disturbed or busy. Uh, I'm going to read one more page because it will leave us on a more, uh, more of a positive note. A mind undisturbed. Here your common sense may say that nobody likes being disturbed. Everyone likes to be void in one way or another. Some people like the lazy voidness of not having to work. Everyone likes to be void of the annoyance of having noisy children bothering them. However, these types of voidness are external. They are not true voidness. Inner voidness, sunyata, means to be truly normal and natural, to have a mind that is not scattered and confused. Anyone who experiences this really appreciates it. If voidness develops to its greatest degree, which is to be absolutely void of egoism, then it is Nibbana. The disturbed mind is just the opposite. It is disturbed in every way, physically, mentally, and spiritually. It is totally confused, without the slightest peace or happiness. In Sunyata is Dhamma, is Buddha, is the mind's original nature. In busyness there is no Dhamma and no Buddha. No matter how many times we shout and holler to the Buddha, I go for refuge. We all know that, Buddhang Sadhanang Gachami. It is impossible for there to be Dhamma in the busy mind. For people whose minds are disturbed by I and mine, even if they take refuge in the triple gym, receive the precepts, offer alms, and make merit, there can be no true Buddha, Dhamma, or Sangha present. Everything becomes just a meaningless ritual. The true Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha abide in the void mind. Whenever the, word, whenever the mind is void of I and mine, the triple gem is present right there. If it is void for only a while, that, that is temporary Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha. If it is absolute voidness, that is real and enduring Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha. Please keep making the effort to void your minds of I and mine. Then the Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha will be present regularly. Keep voiding the mind until the voidness is perfect, until it is absolute. We must take Dhamma, which is simultaneously the cure of the spiritual disease, and the antibody which builds immunity. And we must put it to use in our mind so that there is no way for the disease to be born. And that's the end of part one. Part two is called All About Voidness. Nothing whatsoever should be clung to as I or mine. And that will be uh, chapter four, all teachings, all practices. 
So try to think about that uh, between now and Sunday with a weekend coming up. If you if you have a busy schedule, there might might be a lot of I and mine in it. So uh, whenever you see those concepts arise in you, uh, just just be aware of them. See if you understand what he's talking about, because this is uh, this is what we'll be working on as we read this book, or parts of it. So why don't we sit together? I'm going to just get off screen just for a second to close the door. I wanted a little cold air to come inside and it got to be a little bit too much cold air. So let's sit together. So whatever posture you choose, make sure you feel your spine lifted up. So you're in alignment as best you can be with your body. And it also helps you stay awake. So roll your shoulders back so your lungs have maximum capacity just to be breathing naturally. So in our practice, we usually close our eyes. And if you're unable to do that, uh, maybe you're keeping watch on children, or uh, you can just let your eyes uh, glance down a bit and just focus about five or six feet in the distance, or maybe down to the floor, just so you lose some of that uh, busyness that's ha that happens when things are moving around and our visual sense begins to take dominance over everything else. Of course, when you're doing walking meditation, that's one of the purposes is to keep your eyes open. If you feel like you're having difficulty becoming centered and grounded, be sure your feet feel the earth, feel the floor, the ground. That you feel literally grounded, connected to the earth. Any floor, even if it's up high in the sky, is, is our ground. And one or two deep breaths to begin might help you also settle down. Then come to your natural breath. Again, if you can, breathing in and out through your nose. We're practicing mindfulness, so we stay with our breath. 
and we're not repressing anything. We're letting our sense doors other than our eyes be open. So we're taking in sounds and smells and physical contact, taste, But allow yourself to be in the midst of all of this without getting caught up in uh, mental discussions about everything. Stories, we call them, these are our stories. Some are just our habitual way we see things, our perceptions. Some we're trying to identify something we hear or make contact with. Just be aware of each breath and see if you can just focus on the breath and let everything else just be going on around you. That includes your thoughts that arise. Let them arise and then let them go. No need to hang on to them. No need to cling to anything. Just let go of any need to cling to anything that arises. The nature of all things are to arise That nature is to arise and then pass away. 
Just allow all of the things coming into your mind or that you're feeling in your body, allow them all to just arise and pass away. Just as the breath rises and falls away, as we inhale and exhale, just allow everything else to do the same. Allow it to arise and then notice how it falls away if we don't grab at it. Stay with each breath.
Now as our time ends, hopefully you can sit longer if you have time. Just uh, then you might want to sit and just think about what I read today and how you understand this concept so far of sunyata, of voidness. And uh, voidness is empty of I and mine. So that voidness is when everything is settled and calm and just pure, clean, silence, openness, no ego. If we remove that I and mind, then we have that space. Just think about that and see what you, see how that resonates with you. And when we continue to read, there'll be more, uh, more understanding. So if it's if it's not making sense, or if if you think, wait a minute, I don't think I agree with that. Well, that's okay. We'll keep reading about it and uh, let it let it enter your practice and just some of your thinking time. Okay, may everything we do and say and think today be done not only for ourselves, but for all sentient beings everywhere throughout the universe. All beings everywhere. Thank you so much, and I'll uh, see you Sunday.